Hello and welcome to Industry Elites. On this podcast, Industry Elites' very own Natalie and Vicky are going to be discussing the latest news trending around the world. Hey, and welcome to this week's episode of Industry Elites. Today, Natalie and I are going to be discussing the social economic side of social media, the importance of supporting local not only in person, but online as well, and the power social media has when job hunting. So let's get into it. So with everything kind of going on in the world today, one of, for lack of a better word, kind of popular trends on social media right now is brands getting involved with social movements and awareness. Natalie, do you think this is kind of the brand movement that we've all been waiting for? Customers really want to see the personal side to companies and businesses, right? I think it increases their likability and they want more than just like a corporation or just a business. Like they want to see the things that businesses are doing for like their community, things that they're doing with maybe nonprofit organizations. Like even now, a lot of different companies are pairing with those organizations and then you're seeing that via their social. It's not like, oh, we're just doing this, but they're actually actually showing us that they're doing it, which I think makes a lot of the difference as well. It's true. It definitely really helps with their product image and it makes it less cold corporate, kind of that big guy attitude that these kind of major conglomerates are getting these days. I feel like there was a huge disconnect for a while and it's starting to kind of come back even with major businesses to almost have that local kind of ma and pa shop feel just to get back to their customers with that connection. And isn't that interesting too? Because a lot of us, I feel like when you're making a choice for like a restaurant or you're making a choice of maybe a place you want to stay, I don't know if it's like a generational thing or just being in 2020. I don't know. I find maybe myself looking at things that are not as generic, like to go for a place to eat. I'd rather go to something that's not a chain restaurant. And that's more of that mom and pop style shop, because I feel like you get a whole different type of authentic experience versus a restaurant that has over a hundred chains across the city or across the country, which is hilarious. No, I agree with you completely. The only time I ever want one of the major chains, I guess if I'm craving that specific item, I want a bunch of junior chickens and I want them now, that kind of thing. But other than that, especially kind of near where we are, there's so many different local businesses, small businesses that give you that unique experience that us millennials crave and thrive upon. You don't have to go to the same place twice. When we first moved down here, that was what we did as our going out kind of restaurant ritual we wouldn't try the same place twice and no major chains we've all since gone back to all our favorite (laughs) things like you explored though you tried all that stuff out exactly i don't think i've ordered from the same pizza place more than once just because there's so many to try and they're all different in their own right and they're just also good and especially now with kind of all the situation with covid it's really good to get out and support these local businesses because they're the ones like really really suffering from this and I don't know it's just awesome because you kind of get to know all the people around you when you go to these restaurants and familiar faces and it's fun it's more inviting than just I'm getting my food at the counter and I'm leaving yeah 
No, I definitely agree. And I think when we were talking about before, like businesses need something that draws customers in other than maybe their product or like what they can offer. And I think one of the things you said is like during COVID, you want to support those local businesses. So I think local ties are also something that really help to boost somebody's business because I think we all are rooting for the underdog, right? Like we're always rooting for the David over the Goliath because we want to see those small businesses still succeed in a time where large corporations might be taking over. So I think that's another way that they really pull at our heartstrings is through like that community togetherness. It's true. And a lot of these local businesses, especially restaurants, they support the whole local ecosystem. They go to local farmers to get produce, which needs local workers and local help and then they employ local people in the restaurants and businesses and it's just kind of like a full circle of local support basically Mm -hmm. and it's kind of nice too because I know for example one of the butchers I go to they have a farm I think it's just up the mountain and they're constantly posting about this is the livestock this is what we have they kind of literally show you food to table on social media they're showing you exactly their steps. Like they're not trying to put a facade or hide everything. Like they're saying, this is what we are. This is what we do. And if you want this, then this is what we offer. In this butcher shop, for example, too, not only do they have the local farms where they get all their livestock from, they also sell a lot of local produce from Mm -hmm. local farms and they sell a lot of artisan sauces and spices and breads and add-ons like that. So it still goes full circle. And it's really, nice to see especially kind of in these times i feel like every day we move further away from the large kind of conglomerate yeah but how you're saying they were really transparent over social media and it's like a lot of places might be doing that as well but they might be going with local farmers or local products and really doing that farm to table type thing but if you're not conveying that over your social media how are people supposed to know these days so like like you said that might be the difference of you going to one places versus you going to like a generic grocery store and going to the meat section right but if people aren't establishing that their image via social media then I don't know what other avenues they would be able to get that across in unless it's word of mouth which right now okay it might work on a smaller scale but to get a larger grouping of individuals social media is really a place that you need to take it and then yeah leaving those reviews leaving those comments sharing it on your social profile I feel like now is like the virtual word of mouth exactly because this butcher shop in question my mom actually found it on Instagram and she found it on one of the local kind of foodie pages. Mm-hmm. Then she went to explore it. She went there. She told me. And it became a whole cycle because she told everybody. But still, your verbal network, I feel, these days is definitely smaller because we're not talking to our neighbors like they used to back in the day and it's kind of like once you've exhausted your circle I guess I feel like word of mouth kind of dies there Mm -hmm. so you're right the digital platform is the new word of mouth through sharing and likes and just social engagement So to take it to a different side of things, obviously we're just talking about businesses and how important it is for them to get on on social media. And I think that's obviously grown in the outreach that it has. 
now we can take a look maybe at the more of the individualized aspect and how important it is maybe to even monitor what you're putting on your social media. Essentially, your social media and your online search results are your online first impression, right? Everyone says a first impression means a lot. But now in 2020, your first impression can now be done online. So that's something really to consider. Yeah, definitely. We've heard a lot of horror stories over the years of employers checking out people's profiles, even making kind of fake ones to lurk them. Throughout the years, we've kind of had a lot of stories about recruiters Googling possible candidates before even reaching out on LinkedIn. Yeah, I think it's definitely something recruiters are doing now. Like you said, it's something we've seen grow in popularity. And from some of the research I was doing before is that they were saying it's really cost effective as well. So instead of hiring maybe third party companies to do like preliminary searches, they kind of are eliminating that entirely because as recruiters, they're just maybe going to research and Google you themselves, like you said, on those fake profiles they're making and just really taking a look at maybe who you are. And if they see something potentially they don't like, that could really put a hindrance on whether you even get that call for the position. They just might cancel you right away. And there's been a heated debate about this over the years, too, especially to people find this to be a little bit of a privacy breach, kind of what you do at home doesn't dictate what you do at work. But it also goes down to company culture is very important these days. So recruiters really like to get, in more of a positive sense, exactly what they're getting out of a candidate. They want to make sure that basically you can kind of vibe with the culture that they have going and if you make a good fit for that or not. Great. And I think from what we've seen now, what's happening in the world today don't know that there is a clear line between home life and work life. Like if you're saying something that could potentially be deemed not appropriate by the job that you're working for, the employer that you're working for, that could potentially cost you your position at that company. It's true. Even something kind of in recent news that we can link to this is I saw this come up on TMZ last night that Jenna Marbles has now shutting down her channel. I saw that. Yeah, for backlash that she's of videos and kind of things she said years ago. So it just kind of goes to show that no matter what you do, social media is permanent. You can delete it. But there are so many kind of like bot sweeper sites that copy Mm -hmm. things, people save stuff. You just have to be really careful with what you post. So I think one of the stats we got here was according to Jobvite, where it says recruiters find their best candidates. The number one thing is referrals. So it says that 78% is geared towards that referral of whether you're getting that job and who you basically know, which I think a lot of us have come to realize as we've been in the job scene for a bit now. The second is social media sitting at 56% and then at 55% is like intern to hire programs. So here it would probably be like co-ops and obviously internships, stuff along those lines. But 56% is coming from social media. So like that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's actually higher than I expected it to be. I'm not going to lie. I do agree with all the statements because especially the job that I have now, I was recruited right off LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So that goes to show that works. And then the job I had previous from that was through a network connection and I was introduced via LinkedIn and then I got that job. So It really does work in real life. It's not some business fantasy of some recruiter will pop out of the sky. It is a real thing. I feel like LinkedIn is one of those platforms, too, where... 
not only is it more professional in the sense that it is business driven, but it's more professional in the sense of the content. Oh, yeah, agreed. There's seldomly dog videos on there. Not a lot of news. It's more so like world news. It's more so industry news, new products that are coming out, new yeah. ways to think about innovation. It's more of, I don't want to say a creative as a content kind of creative side, but creative almost as more of a thinking platform. Yeah, it's like your ideas that you might have, you can take them to LinkedIn. If you broaden them or you had ideas that flourished from it, you place that on there, right? Like, I think people want to see the concepts, like you said, and the innovations, and that's really the portfolio that you're taking it to. And like we said, there's a lot of weight, like the same thing for LinkedIn. I was recruited for this current job on LinkedIn as well. So it shows that the profiles we had out there and our skills that you can place under your profile when people endorse people for those skills. So that's basically like referrals. And then if you took a look at the person who endorsed this skill for the individual, you could check out their credibility. I feel like it's just like a giant wormhole of connections in the end of things. And for the most part, if you're a job searcher, like you should, I feel 100% be on LinkedIn because I don't see where there's any negative backlash from that in terms of you trying to get a job. Especially with LinkedIn too, is not only recruiting, but you can connect with others in your industry. You can connect with people outside your industry. I, on my connections, I kind of have a mixture of people, mm -hmm. people that you want to connect with just to see their insights from a completely different perspective. And then people that are in my industry and we can kind of collectively share our insight with, I guess you could say a familiar face. Yeah. So I just want to actually, I think, take a few steps back from the professional look at LinkedIn and maybe just how we were talking about social media in general and how much power it has now with recruiters. And we we're saying, well, some people maybe don't feel like that's fair because I think they might use social media as more of that creative outlet for themselves. They're obviously professional in a professional setting, but when they're not in that professional setting, they have their opinions, they have their views, and they feel like it shouldn't carry over. So maybe even to those people, just turn on your privacy settings. Like if you don't want people to see things or you don't want things to be shared publicly, like there are features that these other social media profiles have where you can set yourself to private and only your friends can see certain things, only like your family, if you want, can see certain things. And that's maybe one of the ways where you can protect your creative outlet if that's an issue to you. It's a really weird kind of gray area still, I find. I was in an interview once for a social media coordinator job, and the guy who was interviewing me wasn't very pleasant. Shout out to you if you're listening. But he outright demanded to see my Instagram profile right then and there. What? I don't have anything to hide on my Instagram. So I was like, okay. Okay. Like, I have my parents on my Instagram. There's nothing on there. Yeah. He's like, you can view it, whatever. Like, this is weird, but okay. He automatically went straight for my follower number and my average likes. And then he turns my phone back to me with kind of like a scowl going, you call yourself social media coordinator, but you don't have a lot of followers. And oh. I thought that was the weirdest connection, only in the sense of 
just because I didn't build myself up to an influencer doesn't mean I can't do the job. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like, yeah. I just thought that was the most loose connection possible. I thought that was really weird to be judged on that. Meanwhile, my resume said I worked with all these other brands. Mm-hmm. But he was more concerned about my personal follower count. Honestly, that is that's pretty crazy, and I don't think that's fair because, like you said, you have a whole resume of the people that you've worked with in the past, and because your social following isn't as high, like you're not getting hired to be an influencer. You're getting hired to be social media coordinator. Like my Instagram is selfies, my cats, food I bought. It's really not exciting and doesn't demand some crazy engagement from others. It's pretty much all my friends that I actually know and then brands that I follow. It's the normal average girl's Instagram. And I didn't totally understand while I was being, I guess you could say, penalized for that. And I do find that's kind of a little extreme, especially when I could show other brands' social media accounts that I've worked on to prove myself. I just didn't do it with mine. Especially, too, at the end of the day, it's like I've worked on social media accounts all day. I'm not about to go home and start another one. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> that's for most things, too, right? Like, if you're doing something every day for work, like, the last thing you want to do is go home and do that same thing, right? Like, you want that break and you want that transition. But that just, I guess, shows how powerful social media is to some people, I guess. And there has to be some sort of line where, okay, this is what we're looking for and this is the extent that we're going to go looking for it. But then it seems that there hasn't been those lines established and people are just taking it essentially as far as they want. So that's interesting because how far are they allowed to even take it, right? Like, I guess it goes back to, like you said, company culture and and what they're looking for. But it is, in a sense, like it is a prejudgment, right? I guess for advice to our listeners, it's just be prepared for people to lurk you and not just businesses. I know when my girlfriends meet some new guy, the first thing I go is, what's his name? And yeah. I have lurked him up on everything. 100%. So it's not, yeah, it's not just recruiters. It's kind of your social media now is basically your calling card. It is yeah. where everyone kind of makes wrong or right predetermined judgments on your character. So you just kind of want to make sure that what you're posting at the end of the day is something that you want to reflect openly. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's definitely something people have to take a lot more account to now than they did before. And the casualness of how things started with social media in the beginning is definitely not where they're at now. It's pretty serious stuff. And even while you're working for an employer, if you're posting something that they deem inappropriate or that someone's brought to their attention and another colleague's taken offense with, like those are things that people can expect they might have to answer for, which I don't think would have happened in the past, right? Like there was a lot more clear lines between how we mentioned before, like work life and home life where now they don't really have much of a line anymore. It's pretty blurry. It's almost as if you have to be on, I guess, all the time just to 
kind of present yourself accordingly. Agreed. All right. So before we end today's podcast, uh, obviously we're talking about the blurred lines when it comes to posting on your social media and what is the extent that employers can maybe dive into to look at the background from your social profile. So we found these list of percentages from Workopolis of what employers say they want to see the least of in candidates' social media profiles. So one of the first things was that 83% of employers say they're really turned off by references about illegal drug use. And then another point they had as well is if this comes as a surprise to you, then it's definitely time to cut down on the illegal drug use people. Yeah, if you have to be told that, this is your warning now. Just don't post it. Exactly. Like if you're doing it just and you want to look for a job, just do not let people see that. Okay, the next one on our list here is 71% of employers are turned off by posts of sexual nature. Nobody wants to see that. See, I think that's where people can maybe feel like their creativity or their social creative outlet is maybe getting judged too heavily. And that's maybe going back to company culture, I can say. But obviously, everybody, if you feel like it's weird to post, maybe you should just take a second to think about it and maybe lean towards not posting it. But if you think you're going to post it and that's what you want to do and you don't care what's going to come back then by all means just just post it just know that 71 percent are turned off <laughs> put it this way if you don't want your parents to see it don't post it true i feel like that's such a line like it's just like even going on public like don't embarrass us like we can see or people will tell us what's happening or what's going on. That's kind of like the same thing. Exactly. So the next thing was that 65% of employers are turned off by the use of profanities. So obviously no one really wants to see people just swearing all over their social media. And if you're swearing in everything you're posting, that's maybe giving them the idea that that's the type of language you're using on an everyday basis. And maybe that's not the individual they feel like would fit best in their company. The next one we have on our list here which is completely understandable especially to this one is almost a transferable skill to the actual business world or any potential job you would have is 61% of employers are turned off by bad spelling or grammar. Totally understandable. One of my biggest things with spelling is when people post anything on their social and they post either title caps for the Mm -hmm. caption. I don't know why that just drives me insane. Or when people post every other letter's capitalized. It just Yeah, that's just that seems weird to me. But like you said, like bad spelling or grammar, everybody has to write emails and what they're doing and it's like if you're having some trouble spelling, how could they even put faith that you can type an email properly? So exactly. that's definitely something to consider. So we have two more things left on our list. The second last one is that 51% are turned off by references to guns. So obviously, this is I think that's a pretty debatable topic, though, just because a lot of people feel like it's obviously their right to own a gun. But I think it goes back to company culture, which a lot of these things do, right? Like if they're heavy against gun use or let's say the hiring manager, the CEO where the president is like anti-gun, I feel like that could transfer over to if you're included or not, if they want to call you back or want to hire you. Especially to in, I don't really think it's such as an argument here in Canada, but in the States, it's such a back and forth debate 
fate. Yeah. It's just you're either on one side or you're not. I think with that, that's kind of fuel for the fire. You don't necessarily have to kind of get into it for a recruiter to see. Mm-hmm. Last one on our list here is 40% of employers are turned off by photos of people consuming alcohol. Then that goes back into, well, we're off of work hours. We're just relaxing, enjoying the time. And it's not like you'd be coming into work intoxicated either. So how much does that play an effect? Like, where is the line when posting that? But it's too much. Like, it's really hard to distinguish that. I agree, especially kind of too with younger generations and younger professionals. It's almost the culture, especially too in like certain countries like Japan, for example, their salary man culture is they work hard all day and they go out drinking all night. So it's kind of like that work hard, play hard thing, right? I think that's a motto that a lot of people live by now. Exactly. It's kind of almost with the extreme blurred line of work-life balance. Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of a cultural stress relief now. Granted, you don't need to publicize the whole event on social media, but I do think the line there is still really kind of gray. So another thing that the Workopolis article was saying that regarding drinking, there is a large difference between someone who's posting a picture making a toast with like a glass of wine versus someone being passed out on the floor surrounded by empties. So they're just saying like, everybody just use your common sense because those are maybe some of the things you wouldn't want a potential employer to see, which I think that's pretty fair. I agree. And also too, it goes back to photos that you wouldn't want your mother to see. Agreed. So those are just some tips that we have for anybody who's looking to apply for a job. Maybe just take a look at your social profile. And if there's any businesses or employers that are listening, maybe take a look at your social media again and really reevaluate if you could be doing a little bit more to get some public outreach. Yeah, for sure. And there's tons of resources online if you're not totally sure about what you should keep, what you should delete, or even if you want to make kind of more professional profile from yourself just kind of starting again a lot of us have had Facebook since oh we were 15 if that so it might be a good opportunity for kind of a fresh start definitely so I think we can even post some links in our website listeners you want to take a look at that it'll really give you some good tools on how to get started as always thanks for listening guys and you can find our latest episodes on Spotify Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts thanks for listening 